I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed. It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome everybody to Rapid Fire, sponsored by Vortex Optics. I'm your host, Toby Leary. I'm co-owner of Cape Gunworks in Hyannis, Massachusetts. And this is the show where we talk about all things guns, Second Amendment, freedom, self-defense, and anything else along those lines. If you want to be a part of the show, you need to go to capegunworks.com and click on Rapid Fire so you can join the conversation and you'll be notified anytime we go live and we start to tape one of these episodes of Rapid Fire. Plus, I'm excited to announce that if you don't know already, Howie Carr and Grace Curley are going to be here for the next few Mondays. So if you haven't stopped in to say hello to them and and uh, maybe sit in on one of their live uh, shows, you can do that every Monday. Grace Curley's show is here from uh, noon to three. And then Howie Carr takes over and he's here from uh, 3 to 7. So it's an exciting time, and we're really happy to have him. Uh, last week, uh, Howie ended up getting President Trump on the phone and asked him a bunch of questions, and the, the studio audience was pretty loud and uh, was clapping and you know whatnot, and so that was pretty interesting. And Trump commented on the on the crowd and, and uh how he said, oh, we're broadcasting live from Cape Gunworks at, you know, here in Hyannis. So hopefully the president took good notes and figured out what kind of gun he wants to, uh, what kind of gun he wants to buy. And he'll give us a call sometime. You never know. I know Don Jr. and Eric are big time shooters. And uh, I actually saw Don Jr. speak at a gun show probably three years ago now, four years ago at the Fort Worth Convention Center. It was a pretty interesting um time and and we got to you know hear his input and what's really cool is they're not just like proponents of the second amendment they are actually shooters and passionate gun owners and i know eric trump was on the board at one point of silencer co and really trying to push the uh, getting silencers removed from the from the nfa roster which they should frankly i mean at this point i think the atf needs to be a total top down you know burn it to the ground and maybe even rebuild it a little bit maybe but you know it should be there's nothing good going on there anymore in my opinion yes they do a decent job of regulation and uh making sure that gun dealers are doing what they're supposed to do. And I don't have any type of, there's no animosity between us and our local ATF office. There's, you know, a great open working relationship there. And especially because you have nothing to hide, right? When you do business right, you have nothing to hide. But frankly, there, um, I think the mission of the ATF is turning for the worst right now, especially with the nonstop, 
pushing of David Chipman out there, like Biden hasn't at all relented on his nominee for the director of the ATF, who is probably the most divisive person ever proffered as a uh, cabinet position. I mean, I just think that it's it would be, you know, equivalent to someone like Donald Trump nominating uh, Wayne LaPierre or, a, you know, big, strong, you know, gun control, I mean, anti-gun control advocate or to a advocate like a Larry Pratt or someone like that. So anyway, that's um, where we're at right now, plus all the, uh, you know, nonstop changing of regulations like arm braces, like you can use them, then you can't use them, then you can use them again, and now they're saying you can't use them. And then ATF was sending letters to people like Q up in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and saying, like, your honey badger pistol is violating the law. You're selling them with these arm braces, and it's really an SBR. And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, you guys can't say the same story for more than a year without changing your mind. And so they were sending out this whole thing where they proposed the changes again. And then 37, I think it was even bipartisan, Congress uh, people said sent the ATF a letter and said, hey, knock it off. Like, stop. This is not an infringement on, uh, on the, I mean, this is an infringement. This is not a, a prohibited device. Just stop. Like, withdraw this proposed change. And so we'll see what happens. It's just crazy. But I don't like the feeling of where it's going with the whole, you know, they're saying this zero tolerance strike force is going to be enacted that to go after gun dealers that are allegedly participating in this illegal activity and selling guns to, you know, illegal people. And I'm sure that might happen. I mean, I'm not totally discounting the fact that that could happen. Like, you know, I know for a while there, like Hell's Angels groups or whatever that have to commit a felony in the presence of another full patch member in order to become a Hell's Angel. But somebody keeps their nose clean so that they can go into a gun store and buy guns for the for the clubhouse. So something like that might be happening where like some gang has this one person who hasn't got caught or hasn't, you know, uh, totally defiled themselves with felonies yet or done jail time. And then they might set up a, you know, kitchen table like uh, FFL somewhere in a state that that's not prohibited and then, you know, sell to the local gangbangers. Who knows? But it's not going to take long for somebody to figure that out and shut them down. So we'll see how it goes. But um, they've enacted this strike force that they call, you know, this to enact a zero tolerance policy against gun dealers. So, you know, there was an ATF operation a few years ago, and I can't remember if it was Detroit or Chicago, but it was some high crime inner city where they set up a shop to buy stolen goods off the street as a way to get people in the door. And then they would take them in the back room and sell them guns or buy guns or whatever. And they were trying to basically get people brought up on charges of, you know, illegal purchases of firearms. And after two years and 25 or $30 million, 
of this operation running. All it did was increase crime in the neighborhood because they were paying ridiculous amounts of money in cash for stolen goods. And then at the end of the day, they had one person indicted and zero convictions. And then they folded up shop and left town with their tail between their legs because it didn't produce. It was a big embarrassment for the ATF. So I personally see this is the type of thing that's going to happen as a result of this zero tolerance task force. We're going to have, you know, people coming into gun stores and trying to do straw purchases and it not working or not happening. And then they're going to, you know, indict or have some sort of discovery or some sort of uh, you know, seizing of records and then go through and go, oh, wait a minute, Joe Bob, who bought this, you know, handgun off you, wrote L.A. instead of writing out Los Angeles is his city that he lives in. And that's an infraction on a form, but it's still Joe Bob and he bought the gun and he's not prohibited and he legally bought the gun, but he made a mistake on the form. And so is that where the zero tolerance task force is going to withdraw the FFL from that legitimate business? I don't know. I don't want to find out and I don't think it's right to spend taxpayer money for that. But anyway, we'll get to some of your comments on the other side of the break. You're listening to Rapid Fire and make sure if you want to get your gun license, go to the uh, capegunworks.com and sign up for a class. We'll see you in a sec. Be right back. If you crave versatility in a tactical reticle, the new ARBDC-3 delivers with a host of features you need to adapt in the field. A 1MOA center dot provides a precise point of aim, while the surrounding 16MOA open circle helps get your eye into the center faster for rapid target acquisition in close quarters. The ARBDC-3 also adapts to a variety of light conditions. The center dot and surrounding open circle illuminate for low-light shooting, and because the reticle is glass-etched, it can also function without any illumination. When you need to go long, the upper ranging feature allows you to range silhouette targets up to 600 yards, while the bullet drop compensator, or BDC, keeps you on target up to 650 yards. Plus, you get wind holds for 5, 10, and 15 mile per hour winds. The ARBDC-3 is specifically tuned to the ballistic performance of most common 5.56 loads out of an AR-15. There are resources in the reticle manual for conversions to 308, and as with any BDC, information gathered from a chronograph and ballistics calculator can adapt these hash marks to any other caliber and its own unique ballistic curve. From point blank to way down range, adapt with the ARBDC-3. All right, welcome back. This is Toby Leary, your host of Rapid Fire, and join us every week. And make sure you get signed up at capegunworks.com to be notified when we're going to be broadcasting this show live, and we'll get to your questions. Um, if you're listening on the radio, it's a recorded show, but now that we're on multiple radio stations, it isn't congruently broadcast. So there's different times it's it's on, so... That's why we don't mention the phone number on the air. But if you want to call in, you can you go to capegunworks.com and sign up. So 
Speaking of getting to some of your questions, let's do it. Let's get to a few. There's a full board here of questions. And uh, so uh, one question that we're going to save for later when we get Keith Langer on the line is Matt was asking if his wife can shoot or carry his gun that's registered to him or vice versa. And so we're going to ask Keith Langer that. I know the answer to that question, but let's hear it from a real lawyer, not just someone who does a bad job pretending he's one. Um, and so Matt has a great question, and he says, um, with the possible pistol brace ban, if you had a legal AR pistol, would I start getting pieces to change it over to a rifle? Would that just need a new stock and upper? And I'm going to answer this question a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but Yes, I would definitely start getting pieces together to change it over to a rifle because then you can build another whole AR and have two. So that's just my, you know, ridiculous answer to that legitimate question. Uh, but no, I would not specifically go out of my way right now to start buying parts to change it over. If they do make a uh, rule change, there's always a period of 30 days or 60 days or 90 days that it has that you have until the law goes into effect so you'll have time to do it and it won't be a law what am i saying it'll be a rule change but also the reason i wouldn't do it is there might be an amnesty uh when they were sending these notices to places like q and and whatnot saying that they were violating the law by making these pistols and saying they were sub, you know, SBRs, the ATF was offering to allow the people who bought it an amnesty period. And I think there would be probably no charge to make it into an SBR at that point. I, I don't know that to be sure, but but I, I would personally wait and see. But it's always fun to make another whole, uh, you know, gun out of the deal anyway and find a pre-band lower or something. But um, so... Yeah, there's very few um, pistols in this state. If you're out of state and you have an AR pistol, I would definitely just wait and see what happens. I wouldn't go spend money to preemptively get ahead of the proposed rule change. I would be a little bit more responsive on that. But unless you want to just build another gun, then yes, go collect those parts. All right, so... Isaac says, hello from Central Mass. We support you up here. Awesome, man. I'm glad you guys are tuning in from Central Mass. That's great. And uh, Davey wants to know if we have any Glock 20 mags. The 10-rounders are impossible to find. I hear you, man. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but if you come down, I have some high-cap ones that I could pin for you if you're in a pinch. So I'll, I'll get you some of those. Um, that would be the best I could muster right now because I haven't been able to find any 10-round Glock 20 mags. And uh, Jay Austin says, ATF should be a retail store where you can buy any and all three. I agree. You should be able to buy alcohol, tobacco, and firearms. It should be the name of a retail store and not a um, government agency. <laughs> Maybe, oh, and then they have the E at the end, ATFE, when they added that for explosives. And so you might be able to buy some fireworks or some you know, M80s on the way out the door or something like that, some some bottle rockets and <laughs> Roman candles, stuff like that. So that'd be good. 
All right. I would I would certainly visit that store, definitely. Um, but I, I can only deal with one government regulation at a time. I would not want to have to deal with the regulation for alcohol, explosives, and tobacco all along with guns, believe me. Uh, it's already a heavy burden we carry. <laughs> so uh, Jason wants to know how he can get a Unicorn AR-15 pistol with a fixed mag. All right, so here's the process. you got to buy a Unicorn fixed mag lower, and then you have to build it into a pistol because if it was a pistol already manufactured, then it would be subject to the Attorney General regulation and the uh, approved weapons roster and no one is going to go out there and test an AR pistol for sale in Massachusetts and get it added to the approved weapons roster so yeah I would just um, build it yourself register it when you're done and that's the way to do it so hey bounced how are you um, and can I sell semi-automatic shotguns with removable mags question mark and why not you can as long as it doesn't have a pistol grip. So we have had in the past some uh, semi-automatic detachable mag shotguns uh, that didn't have a pistol grip. They had like that Monte Carlo stock and that's legal. But they reduce the amount of evil features you can have in a semi-automatic shotgun. So if you have a pistol grip, you can't have a detachable mag. Um, if you have a detachable mag, you can't have the pistol grip. So there you have it. Um, are we giving away anything during this episode? Absolutely. We give away stuff all the time. By the way, on Monday's show, we gave away, I mean, not my show, but Howie Carr's show, we gave away a shotgun and a cleaning kit and eye and air protection. It was a nice little package. Uh, we gave away a beautiful uh, shotgun uh, in honor of... Um, some of the advice of our president who a couple of years ago said for parenting magazine on his on this show we did that you should just go out and buy a shotgun so and he wanted us to buy a double barrel shotgun and you know those are expensive so not everyone is going to have the money to go out and buy a double barrel shotgun some people want a pump or a semi-auto and so we gave away a very nice tactical shotgun on the show uh, on how we show on Monday. So if you want to win some stuff, make sure you get signed up on the website. This week, I don't even know what we're giving away, but we'll figure it out before the end of the show. Um, let me see. I got a little message being handed to me. This week's we rolled the giveaway into Howie. Oh, so I get I screwed up. So we already gave it away, but we're gonna give something away this Monday or next week, right? Okay. So who won? We, so somebody already won this week's giveaway is what you're telling me. And uh, yeah, so we already gave something away. That was the shotgun. Now we're going to be giving something away next week's show. So you want to get to capegunworks.com, click on rapid fire, get signed up for next week's giveaway. All right. Um, so there you have that. Isaac says, any advice on what to say on the LTC application for the reason why you want an LTC in mass? Thanks. Isaac, it used to be perfectly acceptable to just say for any lawful purpose. And that was what was the standard, you know, script on your application. Now, some towns are saying that's not good enough. 
because for any lawful purpose isn't quite good enough. We want another reason. So we're like, okay, for any lawful purpose, comma, personal protection, period. That's what I would do. So that covers the bases. <laughs> you know, it just gets everything, uh, gets it all in line. So yeah, good question. And uh, that gaming is saying, I see an M&M for sale on arms list by you guys. Is it mass legal? Yes, it is. The M&M M10X rifle is mass legal. It's pinned up and welded. So there's no evil features. It is a hybrid rifle that shoots 762 by 39 and it takes AK magazines, which is cool. Um, it is not an AK though. It has um, a much different design to it. It does have similar features, but it's definitely not interchangeable. There's no, uh, you know, compatibility with each other other than the magazine. And uh, it's a cool gun. We've had some issues with them in the past. And I've been a little frustrated dealing with them on their customer service side of things. They've blown up some bolts um, when shooting. Some people have had, some people have had no issues. Some people have had chronic issues. And then there's some people that have had some minor issues with a quick, easy fix. Um, but a couple people have had bolts kind of explode in the gun, like break, not explode, break is a better word. And they have honored that under warranty and fixed it and given new bolts. So that's good. They're at least standing by and they're changing and tweaking and trying to redesign so that it doesn't continue to happen. So at least they're there committed. And it's a gun I would love to jump behind and push out there and be really passionate about, but I'm not quite there because of the sometimes issues with them. So, but they're a cool gun. I think they're wicked cool act. Uh, so there you go. If, if I'm LEO, can you sell me a handgun that is not on the mass roster? That's a great question. And the answer to that is no. Um, there's no law enforcement exemption to the gun roster. So, it has to be on the roster in order for us to sell you a gun as a cop even. So um, the only exemption is you're exempt from the attorney general's regulations. So the reason we can't sell Glocks to civilians in this state is because it doesn't meet the attorney general's regulations. So the attorney general's regulation is um, that the gun must have a loaded chamber indicator and blah, 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 a bunch of other stuff. So Glock has an extractor-based loaded chamber indicator that they do not consider a loaded chamber, but it's the same thing as like the HK VP9, which they just paint the top of the extractor red, and then it's good. They call it an LCI in their manual, but because Glock doesn't call it a loaded chamber indicator, as far as the attorney general's concerned, it doesn't have one. So therefore, we can't sell it to civilians. But cops who are exempt from the attorney general's regulations can buy them. And that further complicates things because um, it's, you know, then they wonder, oh, can I sell them to, you know, privately? And yes, you can legally own a Glock in this state. I just legally as an FFL can't sell you one. So clear as mud and it's very arbitrary and it's ridiculous infringement on our Second Amendment. And Firearms Policy Coalition is challenging the whole roster in court right now in federal court in Massachusetts. So throw some money towards Firearms Policy Coalition and, and uh, let's help them out. 
Don't forget to check out date night every Friday and ladies night every other Thursday and try our range experience package where you don't even have to have a gun license to do it. So, all right, we'll be right back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary. Voltech VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, keyed entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltechSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltechSafe. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Keith G. Langer, not just a gun rights lawyer, but a fellow gun owner, at home on the range as well as in court. I can help you obtain or regain your firearms license, recover or transfer your firearms, and defend you against firearms or other criminal charges. I can also help protect your property with will sets, including trusts, healthcare proxies, and powers of attorney zoning or other permitting issues, as well as collections and civil litigation. To schedule a consultation, call 508-384-8692. That's 508-384-8692. Or visit my website, kglangerlaw.com. Talk to you soon. All right, welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary, and we are joined this week by... Keith Langer, who is on the phone here to answer some of your questions of the ever complicated minutia of what is called mass law and uh, sometimes federal law as well. But uh, Keith, thanks for joining us this week. How you doing? Not too badly, although I have very, very bad news for the firearms world. Uh-oh. Breaking Remington news? Remington Cave and is going to pay something like $33 million for the Sandy Hook case, which, of course, it should not have to pay one cent of because they're ostensibly protected under the Lawful um, Commerce in Arms Act. 
Ugh. which for some reason the Supreme Court failed to apply to Remington. So this is equivalent to the victims of drunk drivers being able to sue GM, Ford, and Chrysler. Wow, that is ridiculous. Um, now that's interesting because Remington, I wonder if that was done with bankruptcy money or if that was done by the new company that owns Remington. Well, it could be the new owners trying to shed past problems it may be part of the bankruptcy. Hmm. Don't have the details on that, uh, and we may never get the details on that. would be internal negotiation with the legal team, but the bottom line is one of the largest and oldest manufacturers of firearms in the nation has been beaten to a pulp in utter negation of federal law, and now that money will go and be waved like a bloody shirt by all the hoplophobe groups in the nation. Mm, man, that's definitely a bad precedent to set. Um, and it's sad that that would be done by a, a gun manufacturer. I mean, I understand as a businessman, you know, wanting to cut losses. And but at some point you have to stand and fight, you know, and. That's why I'm wondering if it was done by the former owners or the through the bankruptcy, uh, and that would make a lot more sense. Like, oh, these guys are going out of business anyway. They've already sold. They got not, no skin left in the game. So, yeah, just throw some more money at it. It just means more debtors won't get paid. But on the other hand, if it's the new ownership that is saying, hey, we want to just cut ties with the past, but in the process shoot themselves in the foot, metaphorically or shoot the industry in the foot and say yeah this is now a thing you can sue gun owners for you know people who do stupid stuff with guns that's not a good precedent you want to be setting my gosh but well not at all but i put a link to the story on my facebook page my uh office page and my linkedin page so people can find it all right we'll we'll definitely do the same thing on our link uh but all right well Hopefully this um, won't be quite as sad news as that, but um, we have some general questions for you today. And uh, Davey asked a question earlier um, and said, I think it was Davey, it might have been Matt, I'd have to look. But um, And I know you've answered this once on the show before, but I figured just refresh everybody. And that is like, if he and his wife both have their LTC and you know, can he carry his wife's gun if it's registered to her or vice versa? Can she carry a gun that is owned by him and registered to him, but it's, you know, she she wants to carry it. So um, they're both licensed and, you know, no one's prohibited. So I figured we're going to have you on the show. I might as well ask you. Well, of course they can. We're not as bad as New York yet, where the guns are registered you by make, model, and serial number, and it appears on the back of your license, and you can't carry a gun that doesn't appear on your license. Mm. That so, actually happens in a few states, right? I think New Jersey and Nevada, of all states, I think is like that, correct? Uh, that, I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me in New Jersey. It would mm. astonish me in Nevada. Uh, New York's the only one that I've had people dealing with, and... For anybody who has a significant amount of firearms, your your permit, you know, it, it folds out. 
with all the <laughs> addendum on it. Huh, so, interesting. Now, what about if you're not related? Like, can you lend a gun to a buddy and say, hey, he's going to the range on Tuesday. He wants to take my gun and shoot it. Can, as you know, long as he's got a valid mass LTC, sure. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. And I just wanted to make sure, ask the expert. So, all right, and then... You know, nowadays you can't open up Instagram or Facebook or, you know, listen to a YouTuber or something like that without the constant joke, the on the world's longest running joke about how all my guns were lost in a boating accident, you know. And obviously it's tongue in cheek and it's in jest. But the spirit behind it is, you know, no one's going to know what I have and no one's going to find any guns if they come looking for them because they've all been lost in a boating accident. And so, um, but legally speaking, there's actually implications involved if you do lose a gun, right? I mean, if you take a gun to work and leave it under the seat of your car and, and go to work and then somebody breaks in and steals it, there's legal implications on you for you have like a certain amount of time to report that gun stolen or or and what would be the process of doing that and there's obviously two ways of losing a gun one would be in a fire where it's damaged or destroyed and the other would be out of careless or reckless recklessness so i didn't know if you could speak to those two different uh you know possibilities well i've seen the, the chest thumping idiocy about boating accidents which is what it is complete with the ATF memes with the uh, agents in the submarine. But the bottom line is, if you've lost a gun, you've got an issue. Mm. First, there's a statutory duty to report the theft. Chapter 140, Section 129C. You've got to report the theft, and you've got a week to do it. And failing to is a way to get your license revoked. Mm. Not to mention the fine, which can be anywhere from 200 to 1,000 for a first offense and one to 5,000 for a second offense. Mm. Then again, the other issues are, where did that gun go? Right. Uh, because if you don't report it and it turns up and you're the last link in the chain of custody... You got some splaining to do, Lucy. Right. Having received a call from ATF wanting to know why my gun was at their murder scene, it is an interesting conversation. Mm. Right. In my case, I was covered because it was a lawful transfer, but it was on the blue cards and they hadn't caught up with it yet. But, uh... And speaking of boating we'll start, accidents... Didn't the whole yeah. Department of Public Safety have, like, the basement flood all those blue cards a while back and destroy a whole bunch of them? I don't, it was not so much a basement issue. I think it was um, a warehouse storage where a bad roof let water and birds in. So between <laughs> the water damage and the pigeon contamination, they did lose a fair amount of them. Then the ATF came in with our federal dollars and computerized the system about 22 years ago, which is why you don't have blue cards anymore. Mm. And now you don't even have the far more intelligent three-part form, because the blue card was a joke. Right. It was, it was, a, it was a way to use up all those old IBM punch cards. <laughs> and you couldn't make a copy of it because they were blue, and you couldn't get a, a decent photocopy. Huh. So 
certainly not with the photocopiers at the time, and of course it didn't make any copies for the buyer or the seller, so you had no documentation really. Uh, you sent it off to, at that point, uh, I think they were still in Boston. Mm-hmm. Then they came out with the three-part form, so at least you had the first and second copies for the uh, buyer and seller with the original going off. Now uh, it's all electronic through the EFA-10 portal, right. although I, I had that crash on me once because I was transferring 73 guns from the owner to the police department, then from the police department to the designated recipient. Jeez. Yeah, that took like most of an afternoon, especially after it crashed. So my hint to Cape Cod gun work listeners, before you go to the very last page, save a screenshot. Mm. Because that's where it crashed on me. Every time it crashed as I went to the very last page, which is what you would normally save. Jeez, what a nightmare. And so, uh, all right, so you've answered the theft side of that and I sent you down a rabbit hole on the blue card thing but what um so what what do you do if you have a fire in the house or a major flood damage and the gun is effectively ruined do you have any duty or obligation to do something about that what I would do there is assuming the gun is actually unsalvageable like the, the frame or the receiver has been so severely damaged by the fire that the heat treating's gone, is that you have it cut into three parts per ATF requirement and report the gun as destroyed. That way, it can't come back and, and bite you if somebody decides, oh, I can make this work, and it may blow their hand off, but that doesn't help you any. Your idea is to protect you to make sure that that firearm cannot be misused and traced back to you. Right. Yeah, good deal. Um, And one last question, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, What I had this on the air the other day on the Howie Carr show and uh, or on Grace Curley show, I should say Um, what someone called and said he didn't give me the context of when he got an OUI, but. If he does get an OUI and lost his LTC, is there anything he can do to appeal that? Well, the time to appeal is at the time of trial, uh, not years later. Uh, You can try with a motion for new trial if you can show some egregious error at the original trial, which is difficult to do these days. If it's prior to the cutoff date, which is, I think, April 27, 94, then it's not a disqualifier. It's not a statutory disqualifier until after that date. Hmm. Back when the Firearms License Review Board was meeting its statutory duties and actually holding meetings and listening to appeals to it, that would be the way to go. And when I was on the board, many, many, many of the appeals we heard were of that nature. It tended to be OUIs, or kids who got into a fight in high school, it never bothered them until they changed the law in 1998 and made it retroactive. And all of a sudden, these people who had LTCs for decades were being denied on school. Oh. Supposedly, thanks to Jason Guida, the FLRB is now being held accountable for its failures to hold meetings. And 
and failures to hold due process meetings because they were just holding meetings and denying you based upon uh, a mere memo from ATF which has since been disproven. Wow. So now if you want to challenge an OUI and that's the only thing on your record, contact somebody who's first in practicing for the FLRB. All right, Keith, we got to go. I'm going to put your, I'll put your name up there so people can contact you, but we're about to run out here. So I appreciate it. And uh, stand by on the other side. We'll see you in a minute. You're listening to Rapid Fire. it will happen to them. But with over 2,000 emergency phone calls per month to our independent program attorney answered hotline, it's closer to home than you think. At U.S. Law Shield, we give you exclusive access to our 24-7, 365 emergency hotline. Not a call center, direct access to our network of independent program attorneys. With a price point of only $10.95 per month and unlimited attorney hours for criminal and civil defense, U.S. Law Shield provides you with unparalleled service and protection where it matters most. No other program comes close. We believe an educated member is an empowered member. We do this by providing educational resources featuring seasoned attorneys, firearms instructors, law enforcement, and experts in all areas we at U.S. Law Shield believe peace of mind should come with simple and affordable protection. All right, welcome back to Rapid Fire. I'm your host, Toby Leary. And uh, make sure you join us every week by going to capegunworks.com. Click on Rapid Fire to get signed up. And uh, that was a very interesting conversation with attorney Keith Langer. And uh, if you're looking for legal protection and you don't want to have to spend the money to hire a lawyer if you're in a self-defense situation, um, which could be very costly, you can go to um, uslawshield.com and click on or go to our website even. We have a link there and you can text or text CGWMA to 281-603. 0066 and we'll put that up in the link in description you know in the text here um, but it's 281-603-0066 and you text cgwma that's pretty easy cape gunworks ma uh, cgwma and you'll get a good deal on it and uh, they will cover your self-defense all right so you know, that covers the whole lost guns and my guns were lost in a boating accident. Now let's get to some of your questions. Mike's wondering what gun company went bankrupt. He missed it. And it was Remington. It was big news. They got broken up. Uh, The ammo portion got sold off to Vista, which is federal CCI spear. Um, And the shotgun portion was sold off to Palmetto State Armory. And I think they've now call themselves Rem Arms, uh, which is obviously Remington, but Rem Arms. And their shotguns are just getting back into production. So I actually just placed an order the other day for some Remington 870 Express, the good old 870s. Uh, but they dropped a few guns off the off the production line. And uh, 
you know, like the, I think it was the 1100 is gone and now that's just going to be the Versamax. Um, but anyway, there's other stuff like that. So yeah, hopefully they make a good run of it. And I know like Ruger got the Marlin line, which actually I was pretty excited about because I think Ruger will do a phenomenal job with the Marlin line. Um, but we'll see how it goes. And I'm shocked that there isn't more companies doing good quality lever action rifles. Like right now, Henry and the Marlin Dark Series was, Marlin was the most profitable part of Remington, believe it or not, um, as far as guns are concerned. They were the most profitable and the best selling. You could never get one. You could just, you couldn't get a Marlin. <laughs> like I could never just go to distribution and just order one. They were always a highly allocated product. So anyway, Ruger got that and we'll see how they go with that. Um, sorry, bounced. I didn't get a chance to ask Keith about what he thought of the Moors. I'm sure we could all figure it out. And, uh, I don't have any updates on reading the tea leaves of the New York rifle SCOTUS case, but if all goes as what I would say planned or how it should go with a obvious majority of pseudo conservative justices on the court now that have all come out in as strong defenders of the second amendment it should be a slam dunk and i think the court is tracking along fairly well um with other cases and i think they have three like unanimous 9-0 decisions in the past year which is promising so i think they're getting some work done and we'll see what happens. It might not be for a while, but let's hope they get on that sooner rather than later. And that would be great. Um, let's see. Uh, KJ wants to know why ATF was moved from Treasury to Justice. And that's a great question. I don't know, but I assume it's for the same reason that it's like in the Justice Department here in Massachusetts. Guns are administered by Department of Criminal Justice instead of like a more administrative um, organization. And I've always found that to be frankly offensive that <laughs> I'm a responsible gun owner. Why is my information being maintained and, and why is my license being issued by the Department of Justice or you know criminal justice? And I've always joked that it's just the flip of the switch to go from responsible patriotic American to illegal gun owner with a rule or a law change of you know um, the law and whatnot and now the gun that i have is now prohibited and it's a flip of a switch and that's why you're already in the system buddy but anyway take a private lesson get one-on-one -on -one instruction tailored to you lessons for pistol rifle and shotgun or test out different guns go to capegunworks.com click on private lessons so capegunworks.com forward slash privates and get signed up. We'll be right back. I'm Toby Leary. You're listening to Rapid Fire. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady.
May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Snap safe. Featuring a pry-resistant 316-inch solid steel door, 2300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security. Welcome back to Rapid Fire. This is Toby Leary. I'm your host. Join us every week. Go to capegunworks.com, click on Rapid Fire, and get tuned into the show whenever we go live and you can find us on wherever your favorite podcasts are found you can archive the show and i had a guy come in the show uh the other day i think he was from rhode island or connecticut and he just wanted to come in and browse he knew he couldn't um purchase anything then but he would always ship to whatever state you live in but he said hey i just wanted to let you know i found your podcast and i binge watched all of your archive and i said oh cool well i don't even know what to do with that information but i thought it was pretty cool and i'm like that's great i appreciate the support and he's like no it was really fun and entertaining and my wife and i had both liked it and we we just sat there and listened to a few episodes after one after another and i was like great that's that's awesome i i think it was a perfectly legitimate use of his time but then again i'm a little biased and and uh, <laughs> so I, I was secretly thinking, man, this poor guy has nothing better to do. <laughs> you know, didn't listen to me flap my gums for an hour straight. But no, I'm just kidding. Um, hopefully he did get something out of it. And I know he enjoyed it. So thank you. I appreciate everyone who tunes in and listens to the show. And I don't take that for granted. So, all right. We have a couple more questions here. Um, Bounce says, do you have any pre-ban AR-15 mags? And I got a bucket ton of them. So yes, we always keep those in stock. Every once in a while we run out, but we replenish the coffers whenever I can. And right now we have a very good supply of 30 rounders and 20 rounders. So they are uh, pre-ban. So you can come, come grab them. So um, KJ says, if you are signed up for rapid fire emails, are you automatically signed up for the giveaways? The answer to that would be no, you have to go sign up every week. We don't make it too easy on you. You gotta do a little bit of work around here. So yeah, you wanna go ahead and get signed up for that every week so that you can uh, get, you know, cause it purges after every every week. So, um, and Davey says the Galil Ace is mass compliant, question mark, exclamation point. See it on your inventory list. And you are correct, Davey, we have, dissected that rifle to no end and determined that it is in fact not a copy of the Kalashnikov or the Galil so we we do sell it as the ace rifle it is a totally different gun does it's not compatible and um, it has different operating parts and so that's pretty cool it's a phenomenal gun and we've sold a bunch of them and they're very popular and I love the 556 one. That really gets some head scratch. And when you say it's a Galil ish design, um, but yet it takes AR mags. So the Galil shot 762 by 39, and it was made by IMI, Israeli Military Industries. 
and it was a variant of an AK-47, if you will. Um, but of course, they changed a lot. So it was, you know, known as the Israeli AK. And then the Ace is another variant of that. It's not an, a Galil, and it's made by IWI, Israeli Weapon Industries, and it is a you know, different, much different rifle, and they have a polymer lower and everything else. And the the cool thing is they have a 5.56 version that takes AR mags. So I'm like, that is just awesome. That is super cool. And we've sold a pile of them, and there have been great, great rifles. I haven't shot one yet, which I need to up my game and do that. So... That brings me to Harry's question, which is, I love the show. Top two recommended 5.56 mass legal rifles with detachable mag. No pistol grip required. Close to 1000 bucks as possible. Would check out on my next visit if possible. Well, the rifle that you're asking about doesn't really exist other than in, you know, it does exist, but it doesn't sit on my shelf because it sells the second it comes in. So... There's two rifles I would suggest. One would be a Ruger Mini 14, and uh, that is a very good option. And you can get that with or without a pistol grip, or the Keltec RDB, which you can get with or without a pistol grip. Um, both of which the the RDB takes a AR-15 type magazine. There's also the Keltec SU-16 which takes an AR-15 magazine. It's a semi-automatic, and it has a uh, you know, Monte Carlo-style stock on it instead of a pistol grip. That one is not available, to my knowledge, with a pistol grip in the rifle configuration, but um, those are both under $1,000. The RDB might be just over 1000 I think they're 1099 or right around 1000 bucks. The SU-16 is considerably less than that, um, but... Those are hot items and hard to get and highly allocated and come in very rarely. The Ruger Mini 14 might be a little bit easier to get. It's a little heavier and definitely a very solid rifle. It takes its own proprietary mag, but because it's been around for so long, there are pre-bands available for that as well. So that's really the only two that I can think of or three that I can think of that are right around a thousand bucks with a detachable mag in 5.56 for sale in Massachusetts. All the rest are going to be up around 1500 bucks and up. So, yep, there you have it. But great question. And uh, RB Sarah or Shara says, our guns, and then he has in parentheses VP9, exempt from sales tax on mass tax free weekend. Yes, they are. Um, I don't see it, I haven't seen any. Have you seen anything, Roy, that says that guns are you know not part of tax-free weekend? We'll Google that, but I don't. It's been last couple of years we didn't have any issues with that whatsoever. So sold a ton of guns on tax-free weekend, and um, this year the sales tax holiday will be on, I think the 29th and 30th, if I'm not mistaken, of August, and we have Howie Carr coming in on the 28th. Friday the 28th, and he will be broadcasting live on that Friday before the tax-free weekend. So, yeah, it'll be really cool um, if you want to get something for tax-free weekend and save some money. That'd be awesome. So, 
All right, we will be right back, but oh, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> thank you for tuning in. Uh, it's always the fastest show on radio. Like it just goes by so quick. I, I, to me, it's minutes. Hopefully it seems that way to you guys. And maybe someday we'll get another hour on the show, but you never know. So the show is ending here, but the show goes on. So tune in at capegunworks.com rapid fire and join us on the range or hear us our extended answers to your questions so we will get to a few more of your questions on the other side of this if you're on the radio we'll sign off until next week but join us on the web we'd love to have you and be a part of the discussion as always i love talking to you guys it's it's a great time spent with other fellow gun loving folks out there and if you're not a gun lover yet Maybe we can change that too. So come on in and check us out at Cape Gunworks. And uh, God bless. We'll see you next week on Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Leary.